it's the meaning that you give to those feelings that actually determine your mindset around certain things. You can have the flaw without the insecurity. These are the lessons we learned in 2022. Sanchia, Kiara, Sound of Our Thoughts. We'll start with alignment with the self. This is a point that both of us had, and I think just different perspectives of this. So I think the phrase for me was, don't trade your authenticity for approval. And this was a really big lesson for me because I made the really conscious decision to stop getting instant gratification from particular things. Like for instance, it's a really huge thing that we can get this rush of dopamine by posting something and then you get this instant gratification of the likes and people are like giving you praise for things. I read it in Grace Beverly's book, Working Hard, Hardly Working, and she spoke about how as soon as that little high is over, that dopamine high, the next person is on there and then you're like, oh, I need to be doing more, more, more. Your life is just so dictated by trying to get that next hit of dopamine, that next instant gratification hit that you're seeking approval from everyone else, which is just not possible because you're never going to be liked by everyone and everyone is doing the same thing. So for me, when I consciously stopped trading my authenticity for approval, when I stopped doing things that I knew were right for me and felt good for me just to get the approval of the validation from others, I started getting that validation from myself because when you're feeling aligned with yourself and you're only doing things that are authentic to you, you feel so fulfilled that you no longer need that approval from anyone else. And there's that quote that goes around Pinterest and Instagram and it's like, the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. I think that just encapsulates it so well. And I think that when you do that, you also get the added bonus of when you're so on your own path and you're just saying yes to things that are authentically you, you start attracting the right people because that whole time that I was going along that path of getting that instant gratification, I was putting out to the world that I'm this type of person. And then obviously the people that were attracted to that were those type of people. But then as soon as I stopped doing that, so many people just fell along the wayside because they're not meant to be on my path with me because they're not aligned with what I am. And you've got that added bonus of while you're working to be aligned with yourself, you're simultaneously pruning and cutting off all of those people and things and places that don't actually align with who you are choosing to be and who you are. Yeah, I think there's a quote in Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey where he says, if you get rid of enough things that don't feed you, aren't giving you residuals or teeing up green lights in your future, by sheer mathematics, you'll have more options in front of you that do feed your true self and will feed the green lights in your future, which tee up so nicely and align so strongly with what you were saying before. Another really big lesson that I learned this year and very unexpectedly was your flaw isn't unattractive your insecurity is. So this came to me from the little bit of traveling that I did this year. So I went to two bodybuilding competitions. I didn't compete. I was just a um, spectator, but I was like backstage the way that they, it's very like fluid there. So you're backstage or front stage, whatever. Season A is the first season. I didn't anticipate what, (laughs) what it was going to be like being backstage where 
you are literally surrounded by women and men, but for me it was like the comparison was with the women who have worked so hard to get their body to peak physical condition. They do the craziest things, like they eat massive amounts of salt on the day and they're only eating lollies to make sure that their body is literally pristine. And then you're standing there in the middle with the body that you have from the decisions that you've made. And I think I've I've worked really hard to come to peace with the fact that you get what you've worked for with your body. You if you put in the work, your body will look a certain way. If you eat clean, if you eat dirty, like your body's gonna look a certain way. So your body is a, like a manifestation of the way that you treat it. And I was very at peace with that. And then all of a sudden, when I was at the season A, I just all of these insecurities just came up in me and it changed the way that I interacted with people it changed the way that I viewed myself and I was just so concerned with my flaws that my energy just became unattractive it just became seeking and draining and I could see it happening in the people around me that it was draining for them and that it's it wasn't nice to deal with and what they were dealing with was the insecurities And then when I went back for season B, I was in an even worse position, worse in my body than I was in season A. But because I was kind of prepared for it and I had made the conscious decision to say, okay, well, whether I perceive it as a flaw or not, I'm not going to attach insecurity to it because you can have the flaw without the insecurity. You can have that flaw and own it and just Mm -hmm. like, and I remember for season B, those women were walking around and I was looking at them like, damn, you've got such a beautiful body and you've worked so hard for that, congratulations. And I was still carrying the quote unquote flaws, but I wasn't carrying the insecurities. And I can promise you that the person that I was, was just 10 times more attractive. And I know that everyone has had the experience of talking to someone. Mm-hmm. You can have any conversation with them and their insecurities just jump straight out. And it's really, it's an unattractive thing learning to detach what you perceive as a flaw and your insecurity is such a powerful move because yeah your flaw is not unattractive your insecurity is so that was a huge lesson for me this year so this year I had a lot of anxiety around finances and I remember my dad coming over and just having conversation with me I was thinking about you know we have our wedding next year, we're buying a house, we're doing so many different things. And my dad could obviously see the stress and anxiety that I was carrying. And he said to me, you need to identify the source of stress and then make a plan to correct and work through that. And I felt like I was already doing that. I was taking extra covers. I was doing things outside of my nine to five that I could, where I could earn more money. There was still this underlying anxiety or stress about the whole situation and then I heard this quote in service one morning that said grapes are crushed to make wine diamonds are formed under pressure and olives are pressed to make oil seeds grow in the darkness so the next time you feel crushed under pressure pressed or in darkness know that you're in a powerful place of transformation You just need to focus on the outcome or the end goal. Hearing that almost took the weight off my shoulders because it was something that just resonated with where I was in the moment. And then um, when my dad came over, he also mentioned 
this um, nice analogy where he says, what do you feel when you're excited? And he went through the symptoms and he goes, your heart starts racing, your palms start sweating. Think like first date kind of vibe. Your voice starts trembling. And he says, now what do you feel when you're anxious? And like as if you're going to about to run a race or do something important, your palms start sweating, your heart starts racing and your voice starts trembling. And he said, it's the meaning that you give to those feelings that actually determine your mindset around certain things. I just realized that I could look at this as an opportunity of growth, something that I can look back and be in awe of what I had accomplished and what I did, or it can be something that was just a terrible, stressful time in my life. Yeah, it just, it did really change my outlook on a lot of situations. I could not agree more. The best book that I've read, I'm not sure if I read it for the first time this year or last year, but I've reread it three times this year is 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna Wiest. And she said something that literally stopped me in my tracks. In fact, stopped the traffic because I was driving. I stopped the cars like, what? The worst thing that can happen to you is the way you feel about it. If you don't actually feel some type of way about something, then it's insignificant. And Marcus Aurelius actually said, if you don't feel harmed, you were not harmed. And it's such a cool like mental switch. Then say, okay, well, negative emotions are the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is the way you feel about them. And then to realize that negative emotions, like you're saying with anxiety is so similar to excitement and fear is so similar to growth and intrigue that learning that your negative emotions are not actually negative but they're a direction all of your emotional responses are just trying to communicate something to you and in reading her book I found a few of the negative emotions that I deal with the most are probably fear anger and frustration like that I don't know how to explain it but it's like an itchy soul feeling that frustration and throughout her book she kind of speaks about how fear is a direction that you're intrigued by something but you're not confident in it or you're not sure about I had to leave a job that had so much security in fact when I was leaving they offered me a pay raise and they offered me a new role but I said no not even knowing the industry that I was about to go into and now I cannot thank my lucky stars enough that I am in this position that I am in now and then secondly anger anger is an indication that your boundary has been violated and I think this is so important especially in our 20s when we're figuring out who we are that you take note of what angers you because that is showing you where your boundaries are and what your boundaries are around that and when I got angry in certain situations I would be like okay well why am I angry? It's because this boundary has been violated. And then moving forward, you've just created and learned more about yourself through that anger, which it fades away, but it was a great indicator. Um, and then that frustration, that like itchy soul feeling. And she describes it as the knowing doing gap. And you don't even have to consciously know what you want, or what you have to do or what needs to be done. But subconsciously, you know you will always know those gut feelings. The gut is the second brain. 
And so you know something, but what you're doing is not congruent with that. That's where that frustration comes from. Those were probably three of the biggest quote unquote negative emotions that I've started to consciously reframe as a director rather than as like this thing that you have to deal with. So another lesson that Kiara actually reminded me that I learned this year was something about we'll do story time. So there's this lady that goes to Subway and she witnesses something that just shakes her to her core. She then races home, gets into her house and sees her husband and says, babe, (laughs) you're I witnessed something that upset me so much and she goes, the guy in front of me ordered a footlong sandwich. First of all, I wasn't that hungry. She then proceeds to say he added prosciutto, he got gluten-free bread. She says, I don't like prosciutto and I'm not gluten intolerant. Her husband then looks at her and says, so it's not your sandwich. And I think that that story just really aligns with how I had to perceive other people's actions and decisions this year and I think there was a lot of frustration between Kiara and I (laughs) but there is so much love there and previous years if things weren't on Sanchez's terms okay now imagine my two fingers in the air and then just like smacking them together really quickly and you go that is what she would do (laughs) if a relationship or decisions were not on her terms she would just And I think I was just really, that was a life lesson to me or a, you know, something I had written in stone that if relationships are not on my terms, it's just not for me kind of thing. This year, I just learned that you need to be a space and hold a space filled with love and acceptance, no matter what the other person goes through, but it's not your sandwich. It's not your emotions to deal with. It's not your consequences to deal with. It's not your sandwich. You can't impose your likes and dislikes on those situations. It's just really powerful. And also you end up having so much peace with just you and your life and not always being concerned with other people's things, sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah, that was just a really important lesson for 2022. One of my biggest lessons came from working from a company where I was like a receptionist. I was working on the back end, so part of the systems. The lesson is organizations are just people. And Santa just held up a note saying, you sound like you want people to rebel against the government. No, I don't. Please follow laws and regulations. However, let me tell you, organizations are just people. They tell you that as a customer or as a client that there are policies and procedures and da-da-da, that if you don't follow, this happens. Or if this happens, this happens. When In real life, it's a button that you click to say yes or to say no when you can actually enforce that rule or not. And I'm not talking about big laws and like the way that our country functions or anything like that. But I mean, we create these mental blockages or this glass ceiling where we separate ourselves from organizations because we think that we're just a person. We're just we're just like this individual. And this is an organization when organizations are just people. There have been times this year where even working with, for instance, like streaming services as a music artist, you speak to the people of these streaming platforms that are so huge and that you feel are so impenetrable. And then when you talk to the person and you appeal to them as another person, they'll do things for you that will 
maybe break the policy or that will really help you to move through the organization in a different way and I think it's so important to just acknowledge in your mind that whenever you are working with organizations or systems to always ask even if your answer is going to be no at least you ask because there's a person on the other end of that who is saying yes or is saying no and you won't know until you ask that was a really cool lesson for me this year a really short and sweet lesson for me this year was that you can always level up by spending time with people who are where you want to be. This has been common knowledge. You are the five people you spend your most time with. There was just a block in my mind when I thought about spending time with people who are where I want to be. I used to think people who are where I want to be are so far removed from where I am. How do I even, you know, speak to them, reach out to them, contact them? There there was one thing that I heard that just made sense you can spend time with these people by listening to their books by listening to their podcasts by leveling up in that sense where you are not limited to the people around you or that you have access to there's so much out there for us to take in with youtube with spotify with podcasts like there's just an unlimited amount of sources for us to tap into where there's so much knowledge so much advice and I think it's our duty at this age and stage in life to make the most of all of those things if someone handed you know people way back when on a silver platter podcasts audiobooks things by people they admire they would have freaked out now it's just so attainable that I think people don't realize the value in that so I think that was just a really exciting thought and realization of 2022 for me And as ever, I learn so much from my mastermind group every single year. So for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, haven't heard me talk about my mastermind group, it's basically a group of us who get together once a month, kind of like a period. (laughs) Is that awkward to listen to? Let's just leave it in there. Um, So we get together once a month without fail and we basically are just together for self-development. It's now obviously formed really tight connections um, and we're way more personal than we were before, but it's there for self-development and every time we meet, which is every month, if you didn't get that before, um, one of us presents and you present on any topic you want to. So you do a presentation, you can do activities with it and it's just so interesting and you learn so much it's so expansive and it's kind of like we have this massive mastermind one of my favorite presentations from this year was from Monty who spoke about multi-potentiality and it was so important to me because I felt so much of an imposter syndrome when it comes to this ideal of being a specialist and I feel like in society way back when it was important to choose one thing and then go for it and go as hard as you can in that one thing and choose a career and just climb the ladder and you just bleed and sweat and cry and whatever until you get to the top and I am just not that person I get so bored so quickly and I've always wanted to be that kid at uni that sits in the front row that finishes their assignment six days before it's even been fucking released and it's just it's just not me because I'm so not excited by 
being committed to one singular thing and I think I've struggled so much with wanting to do music and wanting to do podcasts, wanting to do Pilates, wanting to do psychology that I've felt guilty for not choosing one thing and just specializing in it. Monty explained it so well and it actually comes from a TED talk about multipotentiality that there are specialists and there are multipotentialists. And multipotentialists are the people who get excited by multiple things and they invest in different projects and they're constant, like they're stimulated by being involved in different things. And the power that you have as a multipotentialist is that you see connections that other people wouldn't. For instance, like what other person would do Pilates and sing and do this and do that and then see connections in there that other people wouldn't be able to and it's in your variety that your strength comes into it and a multi-potentialist working with specialists is like the ultimate duo ultimate combo because then you've got the depth and the knowledge of the specialist but then you've got this insight and the variety of the multi-potentialist and I think it just validated the choices that I make so much because I realize that I am not the only person who is excited and enthralled by all of these different varieties of things and I think if you have had one of those years where you feel like you wanted to just invest in one thing and like kill the game at just that one thing and you didn't end up doing that because it wasn't in you then that is okay. There is a small lesson that I took away from 2022. At the end of the year I don't feel like I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. A lot of things came into play right at the end of the year. We were doing reflections on my dad's birthday yesterday and we were just saying, you know, what was his highlights? And he even said, you know, it's been a tough year, but a lot of goals got reached in November from all the legwork from January until October, November was the month that actually made it all worthwhile. The one thing that he kept instilling in me through all my challenges this year was to never give up. And I just want to paint a really cute picture for you. When he was in uni, he used to have this picture above his study desk and it was of a pelican. So those big birds that carry the babies in their mouths and all the cartoons. And it was this pelican that had a frog in its mouth. And the frog's head is halfway down this pelican's throat. But the frog, I mean, when you're that far down, you just think, you know what, give up. You just go down, do it gracefully kind of thing. And this frog takes its front two hands, feet, whatever, and is strangling the pelican while its head is halfway down its throat. And it's just that whole idea of never give up. No matter how far down you think you are, just keep pushing through. That is beautiful. And just when Sancha thought she was done learning things, Sancha, I'm going to have to tell you on air that (laughs) babies didn't come from pelicans. (laughs) They're carried by storks, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh so God. every single movie where Sanchi has Wait, seen a stork, a that's a pelican, but okay. a stork is the one that carries a baby. So if you see a pelican carrying a baby, I need you to report to this number, <laughs> 667-899. Please help us stop pelicans stealing our babies because it's not how it's supposed to be. Good night, Australia.